What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And uh, we got my man, Evan Money from Sunny SoCal. Although, uh, if you ever watch this on YouTube, it looks like he's in the Playa del Carmen because that's the background that he's got there. Uh, or was it Playa del No, it was. Where'd you say it was? Yeah, no, yeah, it Playa was Playa del Carmen. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, I was questioning myself for there for a second. But uh, thank you for being here, Evan. I appreciate it. No, Nate, I was, again, got introduced by a great, amazing young lady by Nicole, and I started checking you out, and the more I checked you out, I was like, oh, man, it was one of those, I hope he replies, because I really like this guy. Awesome. And then, uh, I yeah, got Nicole's out, great, got through, too. I love got Nicole. Got through the, the super vetting and uh, the whole team, and, you know, did my, uh, you know, 10 minutes under the bright lights and made the cut, so excited to be here. Absolutely. So, well, let's kick this thing off. Let's get it going. Uh, I'd like to start the conversation the name of the podcast, Championship Leadership. What comes to mind for you or what does that mean to you when you hear Championship Leadership? Yeah, I thought about this too because I was like, oh, he's probably going to ask me that question. I better right. have a good answer. And so yep. what really comes up to me is there's actually a quote on the front page of my website by William Jennings Bryan. And it says, many, you know, many men can build a business and I, that's men and women, but many people can build yep. a business. Very few can build a family. And so to me, championship leadership is someone who can build a successful family, yeah. multiple, you know, all stages, right? Yeah. You know, when my kids were little, we were parents of the year. It was like, we're awesome. But now yeah. we're getting in the teen stages and it's like, we got to read some more books. We got to go down here. We got to be yeah. more intentional. Let's get this going. So championship leadership to me is, is being a championship parent in all areas, but also being that championship leader in your business or in your company and being able to have similar to some of the things on your website is about really for me, I call it life to the full, which mm -hmm. is where you're thriving in all areas and not these like one pillar success, right? Like, Oh, look at my amazing financial pillar. It's so awesome. But yeah, you leave this trail of horrendous relationships and bad health, right? Yeah. absolutely. Or you've got these guys that have these great families, which I admire, but they don't have the financial resources or living in a cardboard box. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, that, that's cool. But for me, I wanted to see it in all areas. So for me, championship leadership 
whether you're an athlete, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a mom, is like having it in all these areas. And again, that takes intentionality and that takes work. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah, big time, right? And yeah, I, I agree. And it's, uh, well, it's difficult. That's why a lot of people don't have it, right? Because it does. It takes work and it's exactly. intentional. And, and uh, so, yeah, I love that. I love that answer. I, every time I ask, I, I keep saying this, I get a different answer. I'm like, I don't know how many ways we could slice championship leadership, but so far, it's a lot, right? Because nice. I always get a different answer and I love it. So appreciate well, that. Well, well, give me your answer because you're, you're always asking and very few, we never get to find out. Yeah, I mean, well, not everybody you know, has I a rap get, song, but people but do ask your... me that from time to time. And, um, you know, I, I, for me, it's to be a championship leader is, is number one to first and foremost, you get, it starts with yourself and leading yourself inside of your life. Mm-hmm. And if you're not taking your, care of yourself, if you're not living and, and holding yourself to a high standard, then it's pretty difficult to go and lead others. And then also it's just by doing that, by being that example, by living what it is that you, you talk about, you teach and you preach, and really to, to get the most out of those that, that are following you or that are on your team, you know, getting more out of them than they would get out of themselves. I think the great championship mm. leaders are able, able to draw out their, everyone's like maximum potential. Yes. So, yeah, those are some of the things that I think of when I think of championship leadership. So, got it. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's turn the spotlight back on you, and uh, let's 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 hear more about Evan Money. Like, who are you? What's what's going on for you? How did you get to where you are at today? And maybe just yeah, give us a, give us a peek on where that is and what you're up to. Yeah. So if we, you know. I'm here in LA, so title town, right? So we'll give you all the titles, but you know, my, my favorite title is that I'm happily married. So that's number one in bold print on my business card actually under, you know, accomplishments is, Hey, awesome. happily married. That's my yeah. thing. So, you know, happily married, number one, best selling author, global entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, we've got all this stuff, movie, film producer, you know, we've, we've got multiple journeys and multiple lives. I call myself a self-diagnosed ADD visionary, Nate. Yeah. So we are really well diversified and not all the companies, you know, connect to each other. I remember reading Richard Branson's books for the first time, like in my thirties and I wept, I literally wept because I was like, I'm not crazy. Look, someone has more companies than I do. (laughs) And again, from, I thought I was insane because I had like three or four companies and here's Branson with like 300 and I'm like, I'm way behind. Okay. Oh my gosh. And so, it was just that person really that kind of gave me permission of like, wow, okay, there's somebody else out there. And I remember TD Jake sharing with me, Nate, that, you know, sharing with me through the YouTube video as he was talking to me, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Looking yeah, right. right at me yeah, saying, Evan, yeah. I'm talking to you. He was absolutely talking to you, yeah. Yes, and he was sharing that in order to have transformation, because I think that's what a lot of people are after, you know, when it true, like, how do I transform? How do I go from A to B? How do I get, you know, for my live Instagram folks, you know, how do I get this marriage of greatness? How do I transform? So in order to have transformation, you really have to have a model, a real time model, you know, into right now, someone that can show you that it can be done. Like, look, we have made it, someone has done it. And so you get this, this transformation point. So for me in business, that was kind of like, wow, okay, look, there's, you know, here's this Richard Branson guy telling me it's okay to have multiple companies. It's like, oh my, I've never seen that before. Right. And so now for my bride and I, it's about, okay, I know there's other people out there like me. 
that say, gosh, you know what? I want to have an amazing, awesome marriage and I want to have a thriving business or businesses. But no one in my church is doing it. I don't know. You know, there's none that, you know, most of the people online look like everything's going great. But then when you see behind the scenes, it's like, oh, yeah, gosh. Oh, ah. So my bride and I are all about saying, hey, how do we model this for people? How do we help the ones out there that are like, gosh, you know what? They're sitting in church and, you know, they love God and they're going, man, this is, this is great, but there's more than this. Surely there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than four songs and a message and a bye and say hi to your neighbor. You know, it's like, yeah. there's got to be these areas. So we, you know, our thing is about exposing that and being that example for people to say, hey, look, you know, you can't have a thriving marriage. You can't put your marriage first. You can't have successful businesses. You can be able to do all of these things and make it work. And it's about, again, the come back to that intentionality because that, that's where it is. It's that lifestyle of how do we do this? So that's kind of what my bride and I are all about. And now we're in this second half, as they like to say, is we're eclipsing 50 in my hairline, definitely uh, <laughs> promotes that. But it's like, okay, the second half, we really want to kind of double down on that empowering and sharing and being that example to others so others can transform and know that it can be done. So that's kind of where we're at. Got it. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. What, well, has it always been happily married? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Our, we're best known. So we got our first fame and fortune. You know, here's the, here's my thing on fame. You know, you're famous, Nate, when you get to the British tabloids, that's like, oh. okay, I've made <laughs> right. it. I'm in the yes. tabloids. Yes. <laughs> so my bride and I got a two page spread in the British tabloids. Really? Um, yeah. We get, we get remarried in a different state or country every year, Nate. That's awesome. So as of right now, my bride and I have been married 26 times. And that's 26 honeymoons too, guys. Don't forget. Heck and the yeah. sex is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so not only that, but our levels of intimacy just keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher. And my bride and I discovered that we have a choice. We can just go through life or we can grow through life together. And once we realize we could grow through life together, that's when the intimacy level starts skyrocketing. All these things started happening. So we have always made the choice, Nate, to be happily married. And I remember when my bride and I first got engaged and we started talking about our normal dysfunctional families, for those of you that have one of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, we both come from normal dysfunctional families. And we looked at, now I've, I've traveled around the world and I've been, I've been everywhere, but I've been to a lot of places, but born and raised in Southern California. So I may be a little jaded on this, Nate. So maybe you can correct me, but all I saw growing up and through my teens and in my 20s, right before I got married, there were three examples from a relationship standpoint. You could be married and miserable. Saw a lot of that. Yeah. Okay? You could be divorced and desperate. Saw a lot of that. Yeah. Okay. Or you could be single and cynical. And <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I saw a lot of that too. And yeah. I, you know, and I was like, I cannot live this way. You know, I, I refuse. Give me the red pill. Give me the blue pill. Give me the whatever pill. I refuse to live like this. And I got made fun of by a lot of my friends. They're like, oh, have you watched too many Disney movies? You know, just get over it. You know, just, you know, yeah. you get married and you'll, you know, then life ends and da, da, da. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not living that way. I'm not doing that. So I went down the single and cynical where I was like, well, if I can't be happily married, what's the point? Sure. And then, you know, chasing women and doing all that and realizing how so empty and broken and painful that lifestyle was. And what's so funny is everybody tries to make it seem like 
that's so awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, look at me. I've got all these women and yes, yeah. and, you know, sex, money, power and da, 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 da. And look at my women, look at my rims, look at my cars, right? All this stuff. And it's like <laughs> so empty, so broken. I was like, okay, I refuse to do that. So our quest from day one was happily ever after. And we said, we're going to figure this out. So we decided to get remarried in a different state or country every year. Now, keep in mind, my, yes, my real last name is Money, for those of you that are wondering. And yes, I am an official doctor, you know, doctor of money here. But we didn't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> money was beyond scarce, like super scarce. Yeah. And so my bride literally scared me to death when we first got married. She actually, for, just to give you an idea of where we were, I remember she came home, I freaked out because she filled the gas tank up with gas. Yeah. I'm like, you spent $20. How are we going to eat? What are you doing? You know, I had this, it's $2 a day is the limit. You know, stop. You know, oh my gosh. So that, that's kind of where we were financially. And we went to this event and she got caught up. It was a dream big seminar, Nate. Maybe you've heard of those. It was all about dreaming big. And sure. My bride and I, we realized that in order for things to change, we had to change as far as finances. In order for yeah. things to get better, we had to get better. So we started pursuing that and growing together in these seminars and she got carried away and took dreaming big, like to the next level, Nate, where she's like, I want to get remarried in a different state or country every year. And I'm going like, <laughs> you know, I got this, you know, all the massive credit card debt, you know, where's the, the honeymoon is, you know, it's going to take us 10 years just to pay for that. And she wants to do this every year, you know, my, yeah. my mind is blown, but I knew just to go like this, huh? <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm like, I got to figure this out. You know, my, my first, first ever mentor, Jim Rohn, explained that you could either find an excuse or you could find a way. And it's one of the two. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to fail my bride at this. You know, I've got to figure this out. So I'm here in sunny Southern California and she wants to get remarried in different state or country every year. And all I could think about was where could we go? What could we do? We have no money. And I'll finally, an idea hit me. I was like, oh, we could get remarried in Tijuana. Yes. Wedding destination capital of the world, <laughs> right. right? Everybody wants to go to Tijuana. <laughs> yeah. And so in my limited mindset, Nate, I'm thinking, okay, we could get like a $10 little Mexican dress and I could get a $5 pinata and we could call it a day, right? Yeah. That was, you know, that was, and then we could like go on the steps of this old Catholic church, you know, <laughs> that, that's all I could think of. Yeah. As I'm putting this together, I know for a fact, God has a sense of humor. And I think he honors intention and he honors, you know, you taking those steps of faith, even though mm -hmm. you don't know where it's going. And I do not like not knowing where it's going, but that's yeah. part of the faith thing. Right. So, yeah, right, totally. <laughs> so I'm like, can't you just give me a, you know, show me yeah, yeah. the timeline a little bit, help me out here. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out before the epic Tijuana wedding, my bride and I ended up winning an all expense paid trip to Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Not, not Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> An all expense pens trip to Paris, France. Okay, there yes, you go. Paris, France. All expense paid trip to Paris, France. Okay. Like the and land of love, like, right? I'm like, yeah, so much for Tijuana. We're done <laughs> yeah. with that. We're going to France. And we ended up having our first ceremony at the Palace of Versailles. Wow. Yeah, all 700,000 square feet of it, Nate. Yeah. yeah, it's bigger than Costco, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, I show up to Palace of Versailles. I'm like, this is awesome. So we did like a little ceremony in the garden. And I was like, from there, I was hooked. I was like, wow. Well, now you got to top that every year. <laughs> yes. I'm like, imagine what we could do now. Yeah. Imagine what we could do now. Yeah. So 
that was my thing of like, whoa. So once I, we went on that, it was like, okay, how do we carry that over? But to answer your question super directly, you know, was it always happily ever after? Is that because, you know, going back to, I remember some stuff you're sharing on our previous podcast, you know, Tony Robbins 101, he always talks about state. You know, what state are you in? What's yeah, the state you're right. in? So the mindset that, and the states that my bride or I in, we are either in a state of planning the next fun honeymoon, you know, the next fun wedding. Okay, because after the first one, they're not stressful anymore. You don't have to yeah. worry about where at Martha's sitting and, oh, right, did we write right. all the thank you cards? Yeah, all that's gone. So it's yeah. about planning the next fun trip or we're in a state, which we are right now, currently is the post-honeymoon bliss. Oh, nice. Yeah, we just got back from Australia and got married on top of the Sydney Bridge. And so I'm either in a post-honeymoon bliss or planning the next awesome wedding. So when you're in those two states, Nate, it's really difficult to get petty and fussy with your bride. Yeah. Because you're in these, these two great areas. So yeah. by putting us in those states, it kind of set us up for success. And obviously, it's an intentional thing. But it all starts with that decision of, you know what? We, we want happily ever after. And we're going to stay here. And we originally thought, Nate, that it was like this place to be discovered. Like, I remember early on, like, as soon as I find it, right? I'm going right. to find it and, and keep it to myself and not tell anyone. Nine, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> we thought it was a place to, be, to discover. What we realized it was that a place that you don't find it, it's a place that you create. Mm -hmm. So my bride and I create happily ever after with the only two things that we can control, which is our actions and our attitudes. And talk about control, right? This whole COVID-19 shows how yeah. much not control we have. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's like, absolutely. okay, what can I do? I've got my actions and my attitudes. So how can I keep those in a loving, honoring, fun, glorifying way to my bride? And that keeps the happily ever after, happily ever after, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, it's the same for everything, right? You can control your actions and uh, what'd you say, your attitude? Attitude, that's it. Atti actions and attitudes uh, in, in all areas, like to live the full life, like you said, in a way it is, it is up to us. It's a choice that we make every single day to do that. So yeah, I love that. Who, who are some of the big championship leader, coaches, mentors that have impacted you in your life? I know you mentioned Jim Rome, you know, TD Jakes was talking to you uh, directly. You know, yes. Who are some other people? And not necessarily, it's really not as much about who they are, but really what, what about them that really stands out, characteristics, traits that maybe you, you've taken and that helped mold who you are as a leader as well inside of your life? Wow. Well, I mean, that would, that's like a, a 24 hour, yeah. 365, 10 year long podcast of naming yeah. everybody. Pick one or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It, it really, for me, a, a lot of the times I, you know, it, some people that have been in the journey as long as I have, you know, you've heard the term, right? Like, don't ever meet your heroes, right? Yeah, I have heard that. Yes. Yeah. Because like, oh, you're going to be disappointed. Part yeah. of that is we, we put them on this pedestal that is so unrealistic. Right. So I'll tell you one quick story of a hero I got to meet and he was in my movie and that was Joel Olstein. So, awesome. I did a movie called, it's on Amazon Prime, it's called Words of Art, and I wanted to look at the spoken word as an art form. So I said, oh, I'm going to go interview all my favorite thought leaders and all these people, and da 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 And I remember finally getting through to Joel Osteen, and everybody's like, oh, well, how, you know, how'd you make that connection and do all this? So just a fun, quick side story. I, I had no connection to Joel, didn't know him, had no friends, nothing. I literally started by dialing 1-800-JOEL. <laughs> really? I did. I did. Awesome. I started dialing 1-800-JOEL. 
And I did exactly what's in the ancient Greeks, you know, the ancient Greek scriptures. I kept knocking and I kept asking. Yeah. And I kept knocking and I kept asking. I got laughed at. I got hung up on, of course, accidentally. Yes, <laughs> I'm calling course. back yeah. and calling back and calling. And I finally got to Joel's team and they said, oh, sure. You know, you can come do a movie. Yeah, it'll be great. How about this? Da, da, da. And people go, oh, well, that's easy for you. You know, you're film producer and all this stuff. But the, the key is I had never made a film before. So I'm coming in, okay, to Joel and with no, you know, nothing under my belt, but again, through the persistency and keep knocking, I got through. So now at, at Nate, I seriously was like scared, like, oh my gosh, what happens if I go and meet Joel and he's not the guy who I think he is? Because up until then, I didn't really watch any of his stuff on TV. I just read a lot of his books and man, his books are tremendous. Are they? Tremendous. I've never read it. Yeah, his, I think his books are way better than his sermons, honestly. Okay. There's, there's something about, and I know a lot of it is, is repurposed content, but something about yeah. the written word. And I hear so many stories from different leaders that are, whether they're atheists, whether they're Buddhists, whether they're whatever, they just go, man, I love Joel. I like Joel. I like what he's about. Yeah. And there's just something so powerful about his book. So I was like, man, Nate, what if I show up and he's not the guy, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so right. there was that tension, like, so I ended up showing up, thankfully. Uh, I remember they let me park in the special secret parking lot where Joel and his team parked. Oh, nice. And again, I have to full transparency because I wanted to bring it for you, Nate. Yeah. I remember yeah. parking next to his SUV and I'm like, that's Joel's SUV. <laughs> right? Freaking out, right? Okay. Yeah. So I go through the secret underground entrance and I remember meeting Joel and he was more real than I thought possible. And I was like, this is why he's so successful. This is why he has this sustained success because what you see, that's him. He's the mm -hmm. smiley, happy guy on camera, off camera, on the side, away from people. The whole, it was like, he's so legit. It's like, yeah. he's just being him. And it, it taught me so much about, wow. It's kind of going through this journey of like, well, I got to build my brand and you know, how am I going to appear in front of my audience and this and this and that. And it was like, if you're trying to position yourself and do all that, it's a, you, you cannot sustain that. Yeah, the only people yeah. that have sustained championship leadership is the ones that are honestly themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is so Joel. And I remember getting stories about him from people. They didn't know who I was. And I remember this one gal came up to me. It was, they, I got to sit through all the services and they put me up front, which was really cool. And I remember someone sitting down. They let us, they let us film everything, too. Wow. There was like, we had our cameras everywhere. They're like, come here, let me show you, let me show you the broom closet. We're like, oh, wow. <laughs> so, well, they showed us everything, got to do it all. And I remember I'm, I'm up there, and this person came up to me, and they're like, well, well who are you? What's going on? I mean, they could they see some of the stuff that's, that's going on. They're like, oh, I haven't, you know, oh, you're going to be filming Joel later. I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, you should have been here Tuesday. And I'm like, Tuesday? What? Great. I missed it, right? My filmmaker. Yeah. I, I missed yeah. the whole thing. What, what was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you should have been here Tuesday. Um, you know, Joel did this. Uh, we have this big, you know, giant team meeting, you know, where he's addressing the team. And, and a church that size, I can imagine the team's pretty big. Yeah. And I said, well, what happened? She goes, oh, yeah. Well, he just got up in front of everybody. And, and this was, you know, he said he got up in front of everybody. And he was just crying so much, you really couldn't understand him. And he was just so appreciative of us. And I'm like, wait a minute. One of the greatest communicators and orators, you know, of, of this millennia. I mean, again, think about it, Nate. How many people do you know that could sell out, you know, Yankee Stadium to yeah, hear them talk, right? right? right. Like in today's yeah. world, right? So one of these great orators, he can't even get the words out of how much he appreciates his staff and just kind yeah. of crying and blubbering through it. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, 
man, that's, that's championship leadership right yeah, there. Absolutely. That's it yeah. right there. And I'm like, wow. So Joel Steen is definitely one guy for sure who actually, again, has that life to the full. And of course, everything's not perfect, right? His hair is perfect. I'll tell you that. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was the first thing I said to him, man. I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember standing face to face and I brought my, it was Texas. So I brought my little cowboy boots that I had with me and I was taller than him. And I was like, I'm Joel Osteen. But I looked him right in his eye and I was like, Joel, you got the, man, your hair is tremendous. And he laughed. He was like, ah, yeah. so we, we, we hit it off since there. But Joel is definitely one of them. I think I, the list goes on and on. But what I've really discovered is that I can learn a lot from people that necessarily aren't living life to the full. Maybe they mm -hmm. have success just in yeah. one area but I can learn from that and I can glean from that and I can say, Hey, you know what? I can actually learn a lot of things. Here's the big one. Nate. I can learn a lot of things from people that I don't agree with. Yeah. People that I have polar opposite views on life, on how to treat people, on politics, on faith. But there is things I can learn from people that are on a totally different spectrum. So rather than being defensive and, and offended by that, it's like, gosh, you know, what can I learn from this person? What, what truths can I bring? So there's a lot of that where you look at my bookshelf and it is very diverse of like, wow, you're reading that guy. Oh, and you're reading yeah. that guy and you're reading her and you're reading. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So again, I, I could go on for, for years on all the, the different people, but I learned just as much again from the people that I'm not aligned with or the people that I'm aligned with. And again, it just goes back to that mirror of like, gosh, in order for me to change, in order for, you know, things to change, I have to change. In order for things to grow, you know, I have to grow. Right. In order for things to improve, right? I don't blame someone in office. I say, I need to improve. Yeah. And is it, is it possible that I need to improve in this area, even though I don't agree with the guy who's farther along in that area than me? And that, again, in a book aspect, I, I, I'm much, I can digest humble pie a lot easier in a book yeah. <laughs> than I can in a, in a face to face. Yeah. So books just kind of allow me to sit and, you know, eat that humble pie and be like, Oh yeah, I need to, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Versus kind of a face to face or something like that. So I hope that maybe help some of the folks listening and watching. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, we're all leaders, right? We either, you know, you can be leading the way that, that others should, should live their life or sometimes you, you lead the way not to live life and you can learn from that too. You can learn yes. from others too doing that. Hopefully, hopefully from others and not from yourself, but you know, we all have, uh, we all have some, some uh, bumps around the, along the road for sure. Yeah. And here's but, what uh, I learned from speed bumps real quick. I just please carry into that is, you know, a lot of times, and again, this is a, a Tony Robbins 101 that I learned is, you know, he, he shared that, you know, decades ago that, you know, when you succeed in life, especially as leaders, right. You know, when you succeed, especially in sports, right. You tend to party. Okay. And when no. you fail, then you ponder. And I was, <laughs> and I remember listening to that, you know, again, decades ago going, I wonder if the more I succeed, the more I could ponder. And so that's what I started doing as my levels of success grew, as I grew here, as I grew in these areas, I was like, man, I want to ponder more in success. Yeah. I want to, you know, give thanks to God more when I'm successful rather than mm -hmm. when the bottom's out, I'm at the bottom of the pit and it's all black and going, okay, God, get me out of this. It's like, how can I do the opposite, right? How can I be more intentional as the success is there rather than letting the success get you to kind of blow everything else off? And again, that's a, that's a day-to-day -day journey, but that's one I've been yeah. 
I've been after diligently is working on that. So that way you don't, you know, planning for that ahead. So you never have to hit the speed bump. Yeah. That's a, that's a powerful place. Powerful state to be in. Yes. Is, uh, and, and challenging it all the same. Right. But, um, something to aspire to for sure. What is, what is a, uh, this is like my favorite question right here. So what is a critical moment? Yeah. Like, so yeah. Turn your ear, listen in, <laughs> lean in. Here we go. Critical moment, turning point, decisive moment in your life, kind of that fork in the road where you did make the choice you did, which has you on the path that you are on today and where you are today. But had you not, um, life could, could look very differently for you. I think there's a lot of listeners that are probably in this moment right now. And it's always great to just hear people and how they've chosen those moments because championship leaders they have great vision and also the courage to take action in those moments um, when maybe no one else really can see why they would do that, right? Kind of call them crazy. What are you doing? And yet they still have the courage to go and do that. Is there a moment that, that sticks out to your mind that, that you could share with the listeners? Yeah, and I'm going to go a different direction. So I, I know there may be a few of your bazillion listeners out there that may relate because um, I'm, I'm definitely the outlier and, and not in the box. And to me, my hackles go up and my comparitis flares. And I, I, you know, I like to say this way, I'm as happy as happy can be for those people that have these stories where they go like, yeah, I was, you know, I was $10 million in debt. And then overnight <laughs> I made this shift and yeah. then I made a hundred million the next day. And, life's right. been great. And, yeah, and they have these like these dramatic 180s, like in these condensed period of time. Or, you know, hey, that one moment, like, you know, all of us sports folks, you know, again, it's the only sports thing on, right? Everyone's been watching The, uh, the Last Dance. Yeah. Now, amazing yeah. that was. And they talk about, oh, yeah, that one play where so-and-so stepped up and that turned the season and that did this and that did yeah. that. It's like, for me, and I figured out the math. So my 180, my, you know, I had this massive, massive, massive dysfunction in me as far as self-love and shame and guilt and all of this burden, all this stuff I'm carrying with me into this new life I'm trying to create with my bride and all this zero spiritual growth and coming into this thing, trying to figure out happily ever after. And I'm so far behind Nate. I'm so off course. And it's like my 180, literally I went one degree about one degree a month is what it worked out to be. Mm -hmm. So my great massive turnaround took over 10 years. So it was just this tiny one degree, a little tink, a little tink, a little tink, a little yeah. tink. And it was so slow and it was so gradual and it was so painful yeah. because I wanted the results. I'm like, where are the results? Look at all these books I've been reading. Look at this. What's going on? Why is this taking so long? Right? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a, anyone out there can relate to, right? Yeah. Why is it taking so long to turn this around? And so what I realized is there never was a, and I think that's part of the, the fallacy maybe too, Nate, going down this road of like, I think in our minds, we keep thinking there's going to be some arrival point. And men especially, right? We're destinated, you know, destination orientated, A to B, we're mission focused, right? What's the mission? Let's complete it. And we're all about the ending, right? How's it going to end? Right. How's it going to turn out, right? Or even if we don't know, we like to project and think about it, right? So then we could end that mission and go to the next one, right? Yep. And so with all of that going on, there seems to be this belief like somehow there's an arrival point where somehow this is going to end somehow and and what i realized was like wow with this painful one degree slow turn was like you know what this whole thing is a lifestyle 
it is a lifestyle. We go back to, again, the ancient Greek scriptures of, of Paul talking about I die daily, right? Every day it's like, am I going to be a selfish jerk or am I going to love and serve others? Am I going to actually do the things that I necessarily don't want to do? Like, gosh, I would rather just watch sports all day and eat toxic carbs. Or (laughs) am I going to eat healthy, right? Am I going to interact with the kids? Am I going to be intentional with my bride, right? So there was, there's never, I think the turning point uh, to synthesize this all this down, the turning point is every day. It's every day when you wake up, my bride and I, when we wake up, it's, we look at each other, we, we have no, this is another ADD side bed here. If we have no screens in our bedroom, our bedroom is a sanctuary. So if you allow any screens into your bedroom, you're, you have massive pain in your life. We got all the screens out of the bedroom. And so we wake up, we look at each other and we go, this is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and glad in it. And it's like, okay, we're going to start there. And then it's that intention and that decision. So to me, it's a turning point every day. And those days when I fall short, right, and my young adults, I am not intentional with my young adults, and I am reacting instead of responding, yeah. <laughs> and thinking that yelling at them is going <laughs> to encourage them to, oh, thank you, Father, for yelling at me. <laughs> In those moments of that, it's like I get a chance to make that day a turning point. I get a chance to apologize to them. I get a, get a chance to say, man, I, son, I'm sorry, I blew it. You know, I was so mad at you for doing teenage stuff, right? And I'm so frustrated at you because here I'm being frustrated that you need parenting and I'm a parent, go figure. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, yeah. like, yeah. okay, that was what I signed up for, right? It's yeah. like, okay. So yeah, I think it, it really is. It's that daily turning point. It's every day is that fork in the road because as someone who's at 26 weddings, we have a thriving sex life. This is so amazing. But I, Nate, I could throw all that away with one decision in yeah. one day, right? right? So yeah. there is no arrival point. There is no turning point. It's this, this lifestyle, this daily thing of what I get to do. And so when I woke up and had another day, it's like, all right, I got another day to have greatness. And that's what my Super Bowl ring is about. So it's- uh, I was gonna ask you about that. What yeah, is that ring? That. So that's a Green Bay Packers Super you, Bowl ring. I was gonna say I'm a Packer fan, you a Packer Oh, there fan? we go. Oh, well, huh? I got stories. I've been married at Lambeau Field, baby. What? Come on yes. now. Yes. <laughs> so I told you, after the first wedding, they're all super Lambo. So, yeah, so a, a buddy of mine used to coach for the team, not the head coach, but a coach, yeah. right? So Coach Woodfin, love him, baby, love him. Coach Woodfin, I said, hey, you know, Zach, we want to come out there. He's like, man, I'm money. I'll hook you up. We'll set it all up. Da, da, da. So we got the behind the scenes tour. So I got to it. see like in the locker room where nobody gets to go. Yeah. Awesome. To see all the cool stuff. Got to play with everything. Got to break stuff. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I got stories for days. But bottom line is he did our wedding at Lambeau Field in the Bart Star Suite. Oh, and wow. He was, he was, uh, I've learned this too. A lot of times we have our friends marry us and we let them write the vows okay. and they actually get more out of it than we do. Yeah. Because go, wow, I was writing these vows and I felt convicted about my marriage and thank you so much. So he went all out. So he's marrying us and there's pictures on our website. He's got his coach's whistle. He's got his <laughs> timer. He's got his green Bay thing on. And he was it during the vows, Nate, he's doing these quotes on love and forgiveness and greatness. And I'm just like, this is awesome. And they were all, and then later on, he's like, yeah, those are all Vince Lombardi quotes. So awesome. I'm like, I'm getting football <laughs> in love right yeah. here. This is awesome. So 
you know, my bride's crying, I'm crying. So yeah, we had this epic Lambo experience. And so I got myself a Super Bowl ring because as part owner, that, that's part of the deal. Yeah. And what I've discovered and what I share with people is kind of, again, putting forward that marriage of greatness. So whenever people ask about the ring, I can speak into a marriage of greatness, living a lifestyle of greatness. And I can also share my areas of improvement because I'm impatient for greatness, right? I want it all. I want it all. And I want it all right now, right? So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. talk about some of those things. But yeah, that's kind of the way I can carry that message forward. That's a great story. What year was that wedding? That, we don't do years. Uh, that's actually part of the reason we did the website so I could keep track. We kind of do numbers. Yeah. So I think Lambo was number 12 or 13. Okay. Uh, for those that want to see me with hair, you can go to evanlovesusan.com. That's awesome. Evan, with all the S's, evanlovesusan.com. And all 26 weddings are on there. So you check that out. See all sure. the goofy stuff that we do. But yeah, yeah. I think Lambo is number 12. Okay, great. Um, I appreciate your time and, and it's been incredible. I got one more thing here for you before we sign off. Um, if there were one or two things that you could give the listeners on top of all the, the, the great nuggets that we've talked about already, um, that if they implement today, it would help them move their life forward today. What would that be? Mm. It's, it's so interesting because as I sometimes hesitate to talk about it because, you know, the classic, right? If, if it's in your head, as Mel Robbins says, if it's in your head, it's behind enemy lines. Because yeah, <laughs> right. you get an idea and then you're like, oh, I don't know. Right? And you talk yourself out of it, it's gone, right? Yeah. So you got the five second rule. You got to get it out, yeah. right? So it's interesting. The last time I, I spoke about this, uh, one guy kind of reminded me. It was so fascinating. So I'll share it. So now I like to share it wherever I go. But the, the real secret and too bad Whitney Houston didn't listen to her own lyrics, but the greatest love of all is learning to love yourself. And the key word in there is learning. Because mm -hmm. I think too often we have this fallacy to think like, oh, you're just supposed to automatically love yourself. And you don't. And it takes work. And in order for you to truly love someone else, you can't give what you don't have, Nate. So right. the reason right. why so many marriages aren't where they want them to be or they end divorce or whatever, because you can't give something you don't have. If you don't love yourself, there's no way you can ever love someone else. There's no way you can ever love what you do, okay, yeah. if you don't love yourself. But that requires diving into the shame and the guilt and all the stuff and, and getting through that and figuring that out. But really the, the greatest champion, like you talked about, the, the greatest championship leadership is leading yourself. And you can't lead yourself if you don't love yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So it's right. taking that journey and really digging into like, hey, where's this father pain coming from? And for a lot of guys, you know, especially leadership, right? Anger, right? There's all this anger stuff. And, you know, wherever there's anger, there's fear. And so for me, it all went back to a lot of my father-son issues of like, wow, you know, and I, could, I tell stories about all that. But once I finally got through that, it was like, oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. And I, I spoke at a small event and I, I didn't share about self-love. And it was interesting because another thought leader came up to me, goes, yeah, that was right on. I love what you talked about and all this. But, you know, I would also encourage, you know, he goes, I would also include self-love with that. And I was like, man, I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, no. So now it's like, boom, self-love all nice. the time. Yeah. Incredible. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, what are a few ways that we can find out more about you? Uh, we already know Evan loves Susan.com. Definitely checking that out. Uh, but a few other ways we can see what you're up to. Yeah. So mlovesusan.com. That's a fun one. If you just want to see massive encouragement and some fun videos and some other stuff, you can go to evanmoney.com. We got all kinds of 
cool videos and fun stuff on there. So those are the two, evanmoney.com and evanlovesusan.com. Awesome. We'll get that all linked up. And I, I just uh, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to be here today. It's been incredible. I love it. Nate, leader to leader. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Evan. Have a good day. Awesome. Thanks. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Cause the marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, babe.